You're listening to Voices of Value, a selection of valuable insights designed to help you get more out of your professional and personal life through simple and easy-to-adopt life lessons. If you're keen to enjoy a better quality of life at work and at home, sit back and join the conversation with your hosts, Peter Kakos and Rick Rushton. Happy New Year 2019, a new year, a new life, a new story yet to write. It's Rick Rushton here with my good friend, colleague, co-collaborator, just all-round good guy, Peter Kakos, as we welcome you to Voices of Value for 2019. Pete? 2019, what a year. It's going to be a great year, Rick. Stunning year, I think. <laughs> it's uh, our job to obviously give as much positivity as we can in terms of how we can actually make 2019 a better year for our listeners and Loving the feedback we got from our Christmas edition when we interviewed some great thought leaders and they're the sorts of things we want to bring in, you know, small bite sizes this year, although I will sort of flag it early. This episode will go a little bit more lengthy given the quality of the first guest we got this year. But what's your thoughts on, you know, coming back, new year, uh, new life as the old saying used to be and uh, you know, there's a lot of negative stories out there. It's really hard to write a positive one at the moment. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I think over the that Christmas break and that, that new year, the festive season, um, I think a lot of decisions would have been made yep. uh, from um, from our listeners. And then, then you step into that planning process, don't you? Well, decisions might have been made even early December, but you certainly, over that time frame, you have a lot of chance to think about the planning process yep. and what you're going to do. And right now, Rick, we're at the beginning. This mm. is the start of the year. The race is, um, the gun's about to go off yep. and, and away we go. Yep. And how are you going to deal with it and so forth, which is why we're speaking to who we're speaking to today because I don't think there's anyone with any more energy um, in the real estate world. And he is a speaker that has, or an agent uh, and speaker that has spoken at the real estate conferences in Australia on several occasions and has been consistently and constantly voted number one yeah. um, in terms of just people just love his style, love his energy. What I want to find out today, Rick, is is how do you face you know adversity and so forth, and what are you doing, and what is the key message, and how do you get yourself back up? Because we are at the beginning, and we come back with enormous amounts of confidence and energy and so forth, and we really don't know what we're about to step into in 2019. Mm. However, the most important thing we can control is our mindset and 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 our expectation and what we're sort of taking into it. So the decisions have been made, the planning's been done, and the beginning is is now well and truly upon us. And it's interesting, Rick, I want to ask you, we we often say that the, the tougher markets challenge us and, and, and we're really looking forward to it and that. Are they just words or is it actually something <laughs> that um, that we really do look forward to? And, yeah. and the key thing is, and what I'm interested in hearing today as well, and I'd love to get your view on, on, on the things that sort of need to be done right now in challenging, changing new markets. Yeah, I think it's beyond the, the actual goal list and it's beyond the notepads and it's beyond the business planning because we are designed uh, you know, to win and we're programmed often to lose. You know, so our mindset should be programmed to win, but you know, it's not always the case because, as you say, you've come back to the first thing you've read on online or you know, in the print media is the market's come back 10% probably going to come back another 10%. It's very easy to get clouded with your thinking around that. So I often love the fact that the next person we're going to speak to, the guy that we're going to talk to today, is somebody who would have seen you know dozens of these type of markets over 44 years in the business, has written more than $1.5 billion in volume. That's not a... That's not the companies he's worked for, that's him individually. And you know, he would have been tested for sure, but I'm absolutely certain of the fact that he doesn't just give a lip service and say, oh, well, tough markets are great because it clears out the average performers. I don't think he 
he, he doesn't really look at it that way and it would be great to get his view on it. But, you know, my view, quite considered view is, is that we need to be doing the two or three disciplines a day that are going to get us through these challenges no matter what the outer market keeps on talking about. So before we lead into introducing our, um, our first guest for 2019, which I'm incredibly excited about, over the, uh, over the Christmas break, it was great to have a few games of golf and wouldn't say it necessarily improved my golf swing that much, but, uh, but it was terrific. But it was interesting, a good friend of mine said to me last week, we were talking about Tiger Woods and his golf and, and what we used to do as kids and when you used to go into the trees and you just kick it out a little bit and, you know, didn't take golf sort of too seriously and, you know, just kick it back out and no one will see. <laughs> it was interesting, we were talking about Tiger Woods and what Tiger Woods used to do as a junior was when he'd be hitting it down the fairway time and time again, yep. he'd be kicking into the bushes, kicking it behind trees and say, look, I know how I can hit the ball off a fairway. I want to see what I can do out of the rough behind wow. a tree. And I take that message into, into today's session we have, Rick, and, and, and say that the market that we're in right now is going to test us, but it's going to be a great test because we, well, to a large extent, you know, when you're in real estate for the last sort of four or five years, it's been relatively, shall we say, easy. Straight down um, the fairway. Yeah, straight. It has been, yeah. Yep. Yeah, great metaphor. And now we are literally going to be hitting the ball from behind the bush and uh, <laughs> more behind the tree or in the rough and it's really going to test a lot of people out. Yeah. Yep. So let's see what we need to do and uh, and what other things we can implement in our businesses to make sure 2019 is great. And someone who absolutely knows how to you know navigate around these challenging times with more clubs in his bag than most players is our first guest for 2019. Someone who's understood a lot of challenges from a lot of challenging markets for the last 44 years, Pete. Legendary real estate realtor from the USA, Bob Wolf, who you and I got to meet uh, the better part of 22 years ago at the first ARIC conference and then a few short weeks later we got to meet him in his marketplace of Dana Point in Southern California, halfway between LA and San Diego and you know we got to hang out with him, watch what he did and saw how he did it and uh, we are so fortunate to have him as a mentor in our lives and we want to share his wisdom, his knowledge, the fact that he's got quality solutions to all types of markets so I can't think of anyone better to bring into Voices of Value for 2019 first off the bat then Bob Wolf all the way from LA. Bob Wolf, welcome to Voices of Value. Hey, thank you very, very much, Rick. Welcome. Uh, Happy New Year to all of you in uh, Down Under, as they would say, or in our uh, Australasian marketplace. And uh, just wishing you all the the best and a great successful and prosperous year. So, you know, just to give you a bit of a lie of the landscape here, Bob, most realtors uh, down under have been off over the Christmas New Year festive break. A lot of them would have finished up that sort of third week of December, have now just started back this week or shortly, uh, maybe earlier in January last week. And they've come back to some pretty bad press, very negative marketplace in many respects. Uh, The data is suggesting the marketplace has come back about 10%. Uh, It looks like it's going to have another hit of about that again. Uh, throughout the course of 2019 and in this confused landscape where there's negative press, uh, drop of volumes, sales are down, uh, companies are letting salespeople go. Uh, If you were sitting in a real estate sales meeting this week, this day, today in 2019, what would be your message to those realtors who are coming back to that particular landscape? I'd probably retire as quickly as I could. (laughs) 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 <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, Rick, that's a, that's a great question. And, and we, you know, perhaps not maybe to the degree of, of your economy, but 
uh, as some of you may have watched or, or not watched our our stock market is had fluctuations of a thousand points or more. Not uncommon to have fluctuations of five, six, seven hundred points in a day. Uh, interest rates are all over the place. Uh, people are concerned. Do they buy? Do they not buy? Do they take their money from the market? Do they not take their money from the market? And what I'm uh, led to begin and what I would share with my salespeople, which I did share with my people, I'm, I'm reminded of a, of a statement that Jim Rohn made at one time. And he basically said, for things to change, you have to change. For things to change, you have to change. Well, what does that mean? That means that, you know, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do individually uh, to change that marketplace. You're not going to change appreciation. You're not going to change inflation. You're not going to change the interest rate. You're not going to change how the bankers are qualifying or not qualifying your prospects. But you can change a couple of things. We can change in, in a market where it's, it, all markets are price-driven in one way or another. And, and quite candidly, you know, it, it, this can make us and force us to change as professional real estate agents, how we address our sellers, how we address the market, how we address the, the price of inventory. For example, our market, much like yours, sounds like six months ago, people were getting a lot better prices, a lot stronger prices for their home than they are today in January 2019. Well, that's reality, my friends. That's reality of the market. Now, having said that, it's an, I, I try to remind people when the market goes to this shift that the real estate market is like a dog sled. It is like a dog sled. And if you could all imagine a dog sled, you know, think about this. It's only the lead dog that gets a change of scenery. All the other dogs see the same old thing throughout the whole race. But the lead dog, he gets the change. So maybe it's really incumbent upon us, having said that, to, to go to our sellers, talk to our sellers, visit with them now after we're rested, we're, we're kind of enthused about the marketplace or should be enthused about the marketplace and about coming back to work. Maybe now is the time to sit down with the sellers and, and have what, you know, just have one of these meetings, one of these heart to heart, eyeball to eyeball meetings. Don't text, don't write them, don't send them an email. Have an eyeball to eyeball meeting where you show them what's going on in the marketplace. Maybe you explain to them and you show them, hey, you know, you've owned this home, sir, and uh, Sal and Tom, you've owned this home for 10 years or 15 years or five years. And when you bought it was this, now it's worth X. It's appreciated at, at significant values. And now the, the market's just going through a correction. It's going through a correction. And candidly, if we need to sell, we want to sell, we want to move on, want to put the money in a business, want to help the kids, whatever it may be. We need to probably have to give back a little bit of that appreciation that we so richly deserved, if you will. So I try to sit out with my sellers and, and say, hey, look, this is what happened six months ago. And if this home sold for $1 million six months ago, but today you're not getting any activity, you're not getting any showings, and you see homes coming on the market for less money or sitting on the market and they're not selling, then there's only one change that's really going to take place. And that is you need to reduce the price. And maybe you show these sellers, maybe you educate the sellers. We educate the sellers, Rick and Peter, and we show them articles about banking, articles about qualifying, articles about the market. Show them four or five articles about this or four or five articles about that and educate them. So they don't know that they realize that you you're not really the bearer of the bad news or the cause of the bad news, but you are hired and you are paid to interpret the market. 
And I tell people, that's my job. You pay me to interpret the market so we're ahead of the game. And, and, and honestly, these are tough conversations. Some sellers may choose, you know, I, I, in case in point, um, I have a home on the market. It's the seller wants four and a half million dollars. I'm certain he's, he's overpriced. We ordered a buyer ordered an appraisal on the home. The home came in at 3.7 million, 3.7. That's 800,000 less than what the seller wants. The seller in his wisdom says, I'm going to hire my own appraisal. He goes out and this just happened in the last 10 days, hires his own appraisal. Yesterday we get the seller's appraisal, 3,650, 50 grand less than the buyer's appraisal. So, this seller now has to have a meeting with me this weekend and we have to have a talk because candidly, we're not going to get more than three, six or three, seven for the house. It's not worth it. And, and if it was worth it, people would be flocking to try to buy it and they're not. And so I need to have one of these eyeball to eyeball, sit down, let's talk about reality type meetings and, and really share with him how much, you know, if he paid a million for the house and it's gone up to 3.6 or 3.7 over 20 years, that's not a bad, you know, that's a lot of money profit. Mm-hmm. But 4.5 is not in the cards. Mm-hmm. And like the way the market's going right now, honestly, Rick and Peter and, and, and guys and gals that are listening to me, you know, there's a good chance somebody could pay 4.5 million, but there's a good chance that that person's probably being conceived today. So it could take 18 <laughs> years for it to get to that point. So... But don't be afraid at this. Listen, guys and gals, don't be afraid to tell sellers the truth. Don't be afraid to tell them the truth. Don't be afraid to walk away. You know, I, I have to be prepared to walk away Saturday because it's not a four and a half million dollar house. And I am not going to continue with the home on the market at that kind of price. So we all go through it. America, Australia, New Zealand, doesn't matter. We all go through it. But this year, Remember what I said a couple of minutes ago, for things to change, you have to change. I, I, we're going through the same volatility, our, our political debates on and off, you know, you could see them on TV, are, are ridiculous. But you know something? I just have to stay focused on what my goals are for 2019. I've got to continue with my affirmations on a daily basis. I've got to have a business plan. I, you know, and it doesn't matter what trainer you listen to, what trainer you espouse to, it, but because all of these trainers really have the same basics, they are going to teach you that to, to have a plan. They're going to teach you to be consistent. You've got to be disciplined. You've got to be accountable. I'm, I've been a realtor for 48 years. I'm 66 years old. And on my desk right now are 20 thank you notes that I must get out before I go home tomorrow afternoon. I must get them out. I've got to write my thank you notes. I have to prospect Every day, I've got to look at my sphere of influence and say, hey, can I call three people a day and just say, hey, this is Bob Wolf. I'm still in the real estate business. Happy New Year. And, you know, we, we should probably do something this year. Maybe it's time to, to move on or get a bigger house or a smaller house. or How about the kids or whatever it may be. But we have to prospect. And you can prospect by email. You can prospect by texting. You can prospect by knocking on doors. You can prospect by, you know, making just phone calls to people. But at the end of the day, my friends, you've got to see the people. You've got to see the people. Don't kid yourself and think that you're prospecting by sending off emails or just sending mailers or doing this or doing that. Now, it's not going to do the trick this year. It's 
going to do the trick this year in, in this marketplace and your marketplace and mine is we got to see the people. We have to see them. We have to educate them. We have to tell them what we can do for them. And we have to provide that service. We have to know what the market is. We have to explain the benefits of, of working with you or working with your company, whether you're new, whether you're old, man or woman, it doesn't make a difference. What are the benefits of working with you? What are the benefits of working with Bob Wolf? This is, this is not a part-time industry. This, is, this can be the most incredible, formidable career in the world. But it's, it's not for the light of heart or the faint-hearted. It's not for somebody that wants to work at it two hours a day or three hours a day. You've got to work. And what you can imagine, and I told this to my staff recently, if you go get an ordinary job in America, you're going to work 40 hours a week, 40 hours a week. And, and I've told my staff, if you want to make 200 grand a year, you can easily do that working 40 hours a week. But if you went to work for a bank or a car dealer or a, a pizza place, any place, they would expect you to work 40 hours a week. And if they expect you to start at eight o'clock and you showed up the first three or four days at nine o'clock or nine 30, you would be fired. And if you took an hour off day, an hour for lunch off every day, instead of 30 minutes, like you were supposed to, you'd be fired. And if you went home every day at two o'clock in the afternoon, instead of working till four or five, you would be fired. So really you got to ask yourself, what's the difference? What's the difference? We know, I believe that all of us know what it is that we have to do to be a successful realtor. But what we really have to do is to develop the discipline and develop the plan and have the consistency and be accountable to ourselves at the end of every day. Give yourself a little piece of paper. How many people did I talk to? How many thank you notes did I write? How many homes did I go see? Did I do any open houses? You know, you've got to be accountable. Did I listen to any tapes of any mentors? Did I, you know, do I maybe listen to a tape from David Knox or Mike Ferry or Dave or uh, Tom Ferry or Brian Buffini or any of these trainers that you have in, not only in Australia, New Zealand, America, but that you have access to because technology has afforded us that, you know, that, that benefit right now. And I didn't have that benefit when I was 44 years ago when I started in this business. So, you, but you've got to stay focused on yourself and you got to, I, I told the agents in my office, Rick and Peter, especially when it's tough, know what your why is. Why are you, why are you doing this? So maybe today when, when we're done with this little talk or this little chat, maybe you take out a three by five business card and you write down the five most important things to you and your five most important goals for 2019. Maybe it's to get a new home for the family. Maybe it's to have another child. Maybe it's to become a manager. Maybe it's to, to make 150 or 200 or 500,000 a year. But write down those four or five things that are most important to you. Look at them every day. When you get up in the morning, remember the first 17 seconds when you get up in the morning and you walk from your bed to either the little coffee bar in your room or you walk to the bathroom, wherever you walk to, that first 17 second walk is one of the most incredible times of your morning because that's when you make the decision, what kind of day is it going to be today? What kind of day? And, and guys and gals, I can tell you, I've gotten up in the morning, walked to the bathroom, and I, I've had to get back to bed, walk back to bed, and I said, Bob, you got to do this again because I knew I was just getting off on the wrong foot. And we all do it, but we all at the end of the day have to look in the mirror because it's really the guy staring back at you or the gal staring back at you, that's got to make the change. 
Because if we make the change, then things will change for you. The market will change for you. But you got to believe in you. You got to believe in your market. You're going to have changes in the market. But you know, none of us on this call today, or this visit, can change interest rates. None of us. None of us can change what the economy is going to do in Melbourne, Sydney, any other city in Australia. None of us. But what we can do is we can adapt as fast as we can. And that's our job, to adapt as fast as we can to the changing market and let the public know what the truth is. And if buyers can't qualify right now, find another buyer to work with. If sellers aren't realistic, find another seller to work with. So you just you just got to work with people that really want to sell and work with buyers that really want to buy. Stay within their means and you will make a lot of money this year. You, there are so many people that want to buy homes. They want to buy homes and we provide such an incredible service. But we have to, the, the main reason that the most successful realtors are the most successful is because they do work, they do adapt to the market, but they adapt to the market quickly. They don't adapt to the market. They don't wait for two or three months and, and then look back and say, God, I think the market's changing. They see it. They feel it. They, they, they listen to people. They don't, they don't, they're not, bad, you know, not bad news soothsayers or not, they're not, uh, bad news enthusiasts, but they, they listen and they interpret and then they go forward as fast as they can. They try to adapt. Our market right now, friends, is a very price sensitive market. And I am looking at all of the properties that I have listed and I'm thinking, what can I do to get these properties sold? Is it price? Is it condition? Is it location? Is it this? Is it that? And that's my job. And you know, in 44 years, it hasn't changed. It's still price, condition, location, period, done. And just like I said, think of the dog sled, think of the lead dog, and think of what all the other dogs are looking at. So uh, in in summation, I, I would suggest that number one, Know what your why is and then have those goals written down so you can look at them. My goals, I, I've already finished them for 2019. I've already gone over them with my wife. It's on a legal, it's on a legal pad, two pages of legal pads. And I'm, and I look at those. I try to look at them every day. I do my affirmations every day. I, 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 I talk to myself. I, I tell myself, you know, I, I just program my mind. I've got a morning ritual, if you will, but. I know that my success in 2019 is going to be dependent upon my ability to prospect, my ability to communicate the truth to all my sellers, most especially about pricing, because, because believe it or not, pricing pretty well solves just about everything when it comes to a seller's house. And the, the third thing is I've got to make, make sure that I remain disciplined and consistent in everything that I do. And, and that's just the way it is. And, and, you know, I, I've got to do that for my business life or, you know, I, I've got to approach 2019 that way. And that's how I'm looking at it. Uh, it's, it's a business and I got to stay focused. And, I, you know, if people are, you know, if they just want to hang around my office and talk to me about bad news stuff, you know, pretend you're on the phone. Pretend somebody just called you. Pretend, but just get away from them. Anybody that's giving you bad news, just get away from them. You know, reality is one thing, but to lament something and, and over which you can't change it doesn't do any of us guys any good at all, none whatsoever. 
So I don't know if that answers your question, Rick, but <laughs> that some... was kind of a very verbose, kind of a very verbose way of answering a simple question. Huh? Uh, Bob, I, I guess there'd be a lot of people out there right now that are just busy scribbling down everything that was said there. There was just so many elements of that that's so important to um, to our daily lives. Particularly, I want to touch with you on the morning ritual, um, and and particularly around mindset because. A lot of people won't be afraid to prospect in great markets and because there's great news stories and a lot of people, well, we all love to share great news, don't we? It's when we jump on the phone and I think that's where the reluctance potentially comes from when the news isn't great, the, the prices haven't been flying along as they uh, had been in previous sort of years. So the calls, I guess, are um, there's a bit more reluctance creeping in in an agent sort of mindset. So... On, in terms of your mindset, morning rituals, how are you setting yourself up to have these conversations that potentially potentially aren't these good news calls? So my morning ritual, I, I get up usually every morning about 4.30 a.m. And, and that I think before I jump out of bed, I think about that 17-second walk. And I think it was Mike Green with Harcourts that actually talked about the first 17 seconds when you when you get out of bed in the morning. And, and I think about that walk to the... You know, I, I have a ritual. I go straight to my, uh, we have a little coffee bar. I go straight to the coffee bar, turn it on. Then I, I maybe go to the toilet or go to the bathroom, whatever. And that 17 seconds, Peter and Rick, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, today's going to be a great day. Today I will succeed. Today I'm going to make something happen. I'm thinking these positive thoughts. I get in the, I, I have my morning cup of coffee. Uh, I, I make a cup of coffee early. I go back to bed and I, I raise up half of my bed, you know, where I can sit in bed. And then at that point, I answer all my texts that I got over through the night, and I answer all my emails. I get up out of bed then, and I'm in the shower, and I begin to recite my affirmations. And I, uh, my wife is still sleeping. It's probably 5 in the morning, maybe 10 after 5. And, and I recite my affirmations. And uh, maybe I can email you a copy of them, Rick and Peter. But, uh, and I, I've met, I stole them from somebody probably 36 years ago, and so now they're my affirmations because I stole them so long ago. And, uh, <laughs> but... I start out and I say to myself, I have an attitude of gratitude. I'm always moving forward. I'm fit. I'm trim. I'm strong. I'm healthy. I spend my money well. I'm, my savings grow. I'm neat. I'm organized. I always look my best. I feed my mind with good thoughts. I let go of negative thoughts easily. I enjoy each day. Every day is a journey. Each day in every way, I'm getting better, better, and better. I'm my own best friend, the person I enjoy being with the most. I have the power to make the changes that I need to make in my life. I choose thoughts and words that support and enable me to create the life I really want. And uh, here's one. Money flows freely and abundantly into my life. In adversity, I look for the seed of an equivalent benefit, always being thankful for the lessons I'm learning. I deserve to be wealthy and succeed. I live my life in balance and in harmony. I start now. I get it done. I finish it. And, and that's just some of the effort. I mean, there's probably 30 of them, but... But I, if you put a gun to my head, Rick and Peter, I could I could recite every one of them just verbatim. I, I just did. I mean, I, I stand in the shower, I talk to myself, and I and I put those those thoughts in my brain. And then I, I oftentimes look at a uh, if I have a stop at a stoplight or something like that. I there's a book I read called Mind Power into the 21st Century, and I copied some. Uh, I read the book, highlighted some of the book, and then I, I had my office type it. So I have a piece of paper in my day timer that basically has a couple of these thoughts on it. I'll just share with you. It says, always visualize your goal as if it's actually happening to you right now. Make it real in your mind, make it detailed, 
Enter the role and become it in your mind. Visualize your goal at least once a day, each and every day. And here's a great one, Rick and Peter. You cannot think both negative and positive thoughts at the same time. One or the other must dominate. Mm-hmm. And you got to think about that, guys and gals. You know, what, one or the other, you cannot think them both simultaneously. So if you got a negative thought coming in, you got to kind of step yourself out of it and say, whoa, stop, man. Hey, thought, leave me. Get away that thought. And then, <laughs> sounds hokey, but, and then let's just say to yourself, hey, this is going to be a great day. going to make something happen. Uh, and, and, and that's it. I mean, I, and I do those things. I focus on that. I, uh, you know, I, I know it sounds crazy, but between my affirmations, my self-talk, that first 17 seconds and how I feel, uh, you know, the, the, the music I listen to, the upbeat music, and, you know, I, I just, I stay, I try to smile, I, I dress nicely, I put on a suit every day, I, I try to make sure my shoes are clean, my tie's straight, my shirt's clean, and I, I try to look the part, think the part, and become the part. And, you know, it doesn't mean interest rates are going to go down for me, it doesn't mean I'm not going to have good days, it just means that oh, my days are going to be perfect. It means I got, you know, when I walk out of the door and I get in my car, it means I'm off to a lot better start than the other guy. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. But what about those, and what about the days when you just don't feel like it? Is, are there days like that where you're just like, you know, uh, you, well, there's days, I don't think there's days, I, I don't know if there's days I don't feel like it. There's days I don't do it, but there's days I forget to do it. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you go, like I'll go, if I go a week, without writing my thank you notes, or I go two weeks without writing my thank you notes. Let me tell you something, guys. It, it's, 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 and, and all of a sudden my business, you know, I, it doesn't seem like, it seems like it's sliding off a little bit or falling off. I'm thinking to myself, God, I better get back on those thank you notes. And you know something? As soon as I get on those thank you notes, great, great things are happening again. Hmm. Great things are happening again. And you built, and I know a, you, you built a career, you built a career on that, Bob, didn't you really? You just built a career sure, on yeah, just yes, depositing. I, yeah. and, and, yep. But you know, so here's the deal, because when I go home at night, let's say you, I don't know if it's writing the thank you note, but when you go home that night, you, you pull in the garage and you think, man, I did something today. Called three prospects, I wrote 10 thank you notes. Man, I did what I'm supposed to do as a realtor. I did what I'm supposed to do to continue to nurture my business. I did what I'm supposed to do to keep my name out in front of people. Does that make sense? I mean, so I, I'm not perfect at every day, but... I'm, I made up a, made up my mind that this year I'm going to send out 50 thank you notes a week. And you know, I, that's going to help me a lot, a lot. Mm. So I just have to keep myself disciplined. I didn't get them done today. So that means I got 20 to do tomorrow. And I know that because they're all sitting on my desk with the envelopes right now. Yep. Yep. So you oh. set, you set for success. And I think that's what I hear when I hear about your morning ritual, you set yourself for success. It doesn't mean every day you're going to get a hundred percent, but your 80 or 90% or 75% is better that's than right. most people's that's, hundreds. That's so, right. so you set up properly. That's and I right. think the other thing that our listeners need to hear, Bob, is that affirmations can be words on a legal notepad or have them beautifully typed out and have them up on your wall. But you actually are someone who takes the affirmations and then, you know, takes the words and brings them into your mindset, brings them into your heart set and then goes out and actually fulfills them. And I think that's probably where there's a bit of disconnect between knowing what to do and actually doing what we know. And so you are so smart when you said most of the people listening to this podcast will know what it takes to have a successful 2019. It's not knowing, it's actually doing. And often 
it's no new silver bullet. It's just reminding yourself of the disciplines of, of the things that you have to do every day. And, you know, what I love about you, and I've seen it personally because I've had the great fortune of staying in your guest suite at your home. I've watched how early you get up. I see how, how quick you begin your day with energy and it's all due to your mindset. It's all due to your morning ritual, which I think most people can put into play. And I think the fact that what I love about you also is you've got this 20 seconds of courage where you just know if this is not going to be a great conversation to have, it's going to have to be had. So you, you sort of set yourself up straight away by almost eating the vegetables first to get to the, the dessert later in the day by having all your return stuff done, all your hard stuff done very early on in your day. And I think that's a very smart strategic way of doing it. Pete, you had something you were going to add? Oh, no, I just, uh, I just think it, it's, it's irrelevant what's going on. And I loved how you said the outside world. You can't change the interest rates. You can't change property prices. But you can change what you're doing internally and what you're feeding your mind. Um, it, it's just some incredible things there. Well, I think, that, I, I think what happens is as you speak to yourself and you talk to yourself, what you don't realize is your physiology is changing. One of my affirmations is self-confidence is, my, is evident in my walk, my posture, my smile, everything I do. All of a sudden, I notice I'm standing taller. I'm smiling more. I feel more positive. But you've talked, if you talk to yourself every day, pretty soon your physiology is going to follow your mind power. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And you, the other thing that I, I want our listeners to make sure they don't fall for the trap of saying, well, it's okay for him. He's been doing it for 44 years. He's lucky. He operates in a really good marketplace. And um, what, one of the things that our listeners need to be totally aware of is you don't confuse sort of activities with results. You measure your day by outcomes. As you say, you go home and you can say, I can tick off these things because I've set them. What, what I set is what I get. Um, I'm not lucky, really. I'm actually just you know, fulfilling what I've set out to do. And I think the other thing that's really important is that, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, Bob, but you and I spoke on your New Year's Day. Most real estate agents in Australia were still getting over their hangovers and or probably already destroying their New Year's resolutions a day into the new year. But you were actually out showing a $14 million home on New Year's Day, your New Year's Day, and we were talking to me, for goodness sake, about a connection I knew in the Mid-South Realty sort of section of America because you want to refer a $3 million client and that started a whole collaboration that day. And I just saw it work, uh, you know, how hard work beats talent when talent doesn't want to work hard. And you, you're somebody who's taken, uh, and don't take this the wrong way, but I think you've taken a fair, fairly average talent set and turned it into an extraordinary career because you've just not neglected to do the hard work. And, you know, we interesting stat that Pete and I were just talking about in the intro is that, you know, there's 90,000 work hours is what the average American, Australian, New Zealand sort of professional is going to work. If we're, if we're not doing something we love doing, gosh, I mean, you know, that's, that's why a lot of people have negative days. They just don't love what they're doing. But you love helping people one at a time. You love helping people move to a better place, whether that's upscaling, downscaling or whatever. But what you do very, very well, and it shouldn't be lost in this, you do the hard work and nothing replaces hard work. No strategy is going to replace a great work ethic, I don't think. No, it's just not, like I say, it's just, we know what we have to do. It's just the, the discipline, the determination, the, 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 the focus, the, uh, you know, I, I, that, God, I, I wish I could, the consistency, doing it every day, every day. They say that if we do it 21 days, it becomes a habit. What a trite saying. But you know something, there's so much truth to that. So much truth to that. And yeah. so that's, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's, like, I, I don't think what we have to do, I don't think what we have to do in the real estate business to be successful is difficult. I think doing it consistently and being disciplined to do it consistently 
is a difficult task. So, Bob, if and I'm holding if ourselves I'm, accountability, and, and so, Bob, if I'm new to the business in 2019, I've my first job out of you know school or first job in you know it's my first time in the business. What would be three key messages you would share to somebody who's just starting out in real estate in 2019? Well, the first first thing I would do is have a brand new realtor. Uh, in 2019, I would I'd go to my broker, go to somebody, and I would find the top three or four agents in your marketplace. Call them up, take them to coffee, take them to lunch, take them to breakfast, and, and ask them all one question. Just ask them, look them in the eye, guy or gal, won't make a difference. Just ask them what are the qualities or the attributes that they believe have made them a successful real estate agent? Or what activities did they do that helped made them a successful real estate agent? And, you know, we've all heard of Tony Robbins, and Tony Robbins used to make a statement. He goes, success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. You know something? If I was a new agent, I'd find those those four or five top agents, whatever the number is. I'd take them all, and I bet that you would find out. I bet a new agent would find out that almost without exception, every one of those top agents shared the very same attributes and characteristics. Secondly, I would find find somebody, someone, some guy, some gal, that you could mentor, that you could mentor. Somebody that represents what it is that you want, how you want to be respected, what you want to do. Somebody that represents and and, uh, symbolizes who you could be if you you really put your mind to it. And, And I would do that. I would do that. But I would learn to, I'd make a list of all the people that I know. I'd list them by name, by their email address, by their home phone number. I'd make a list of all of them. I'd, I would remember to write a thank you note to everybody I came in contact with every day. Every day I'd write a thank you note to him. Dear Rick, just a note to say how much I really appreciated being able to meet with you today and spend a few minutes wishing you a successful 2019. If ever I can help you in any way, please don't hesitate to call. Dear Peter, just to say thank you for all your time on the phone today. Really appreciated your time and your energy. I look forward to working with you in the future. Just a simple thank you note. People love it. And, and I'm not talking about email or texting. I'm talking about a handwritten thank you note. Mm-hmm. I would then write down the most, you know, maybe those five or four or five important goals as to what, what would be important for you to achieve by December 31st, 2019. What would it look like? I'd tell you to write those down. And then I would tell you to go find three or four or five pictures of those things that represent what it would, what it would look like if you got your goal, whether it's a new car, a new apartment, a new this, a new that, so that you look at those pictures every day. Put them up in your closet, put them up in your bathroom. I don't care where you put them, but put them someplace where you have to see them every day. And then I, I, I just work for someone, like I say, that would, can give you the, the basics and the knowledge because candidly folks you're, we're just in a people business it's all about the people mm. and that's I, I would start out with the basics they are basic but that's how i'd start but i'd start by finding the most successful people and go out interviewing them tell them you don't want to buy long and if you call somebody up and you say hey rick man i heard that you were one of the top agents in melbourne and you have been for years and years and honestly sir if you would spend 15 minutes with me I'd be forever ingrated to, you know, indebted to you. Yeah, 
You know, this, you know, there's no top agent that's going to say, take a hike, kid, I ain't got time. <laughs> and just to reconfirm that point, you know, uh, we first met, my first introduction to you was at the ARIC conference at the ANA Hotel in Sydney back in May of yes, uh, 1997. And I remember just waiting till the room had cleared and you gathered all your, uh, you know, your notes from the talk and you, you got everything in order. And all I wanted to do was just shake your hand and say thank you. And I, I think I almost word for word said the same thing to you then that you're recommending our listeners do, which I just said, if I, if I could just get around you in your marketplace. And you said, sure, any time. And, and it sounded like a throwaway line, but you know, literally 10 days later, uh, I was in Dana Point. I was in your office in Monarch Beach uh, and you, know, you could not have been more helpful just to give me the advice you gave me at the time, then to actually check me out of my hotel and check me into your guest room, so that for the balance of the week I was with you, we were going out, you know, before dark, you know, before dawn, really, during the dark to see your first yep. appointments and coming back at night time. And I remember just ringing my wife saying, you know, this man is just the biggest generous giver of all time. And you know, back then that was, you know, what's that? Gosh, twenty two years ago, Bob. You know, our oldest yeah, son at the time was, time was yeah, he was like four or five, and and that thank you introduction sort of now leads to a fact that he's he's now getting the experience of a lifetime working for you. And people say, oh, you must have organised that for him. I said, no, I, I actually did not. I said my son got on the phone, got on the uh, ability to, yeah, sure, he knew Bob through me, but he set up the whole thing, and and Bob could not have been more giving or more generous. So I think you're absolutely spot on. The thing I've learned about being around the best of the best, whether that be Tony Robbins, Jim Rohn, Bob Wolf, David Knox. Peter Kakos, um, all the all the best uh, operators, uh, Bob, want to give back. They want to help people, you know, get get along their journey. And if they can speed it up, mentorship does that. And you know, you do that better than most. Not just through the one on one stuff you do, but just the way you you travel down under so regularly to to speak at conferences, whether that be at Eric or whether that be on the Gold Coast or whether that be in Auckland or whether that be, you know, wherever you wherever you're asked to speak. If you can make it work, you'll make it work. At the same time, you're also not losing track of what your big why is and what what you're all about. So I think any new agent listening there, I don't want you to think, oh, well, I can't be as good as him. The reality is, is that you know all Bob's offering you is the same pathway, if you will, and he's ha- you know, offering up a way where you can speed up that sort of success rate by getting a mentor who can share the best of what they've learned after four and a half decades in this business, and they can share that with you in forty-five minutes if you if you are prepared to actually make the first step. And I think that's what I'm hearing there, Pete. I love the the success le- the success leaves clues is something that we've we've been brought to our attention on many many time many conferences a lot of people have spoken about that but it is so true isn't it and and bob you know you've been out to australia speaking at the real estate conference here many times now and your conversation and your energy and so forth and 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 what you talk about really cements in our minds that you were just you were doing the simple disciplines that just being repeated every day Aren't they? They're just the, these disciplines that, that, that some try and get off on tangents and trying to invent something new. You're just doing the really simple stuff and you're just continually doing it day after day, feeding the mind with great things, you know, the affirmations and so forth and what you've spoken about. I've, you know, I heard you talk about those 20 or so years ago and, 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 and not too much has changed there. But obviously, it's just an important thing to just continually feed their mind as opposed to I do it once and throw it away and uh, just it needs to be reinforced uh, and, and the message, yeah, needs to be clear and concise. I, I think you guys are both right. There are no secrets, right? If there was a silver bullet 
I would hope like the Dickens, I would have found it by now. But you know, <laughs> the good news is I haven't been shot with it either. <laughs> well, you, you take your life in your own hands in America, I guess. But uh, in, in terms of you know wrapping up, Bob, and you've been so generous with your time today, and um, we just you know there's there's nothing here that won't add value to someone's. Uh, career if they're prepared to you know make the first step and actually get on and do it but you know you were quoting Jim Rohn a lot through the, uh, the this time we get together today you can't actually see this but where we are recording from I'm looking straight at Pete's journal it's a Jim Rohn journal um, I was very fortunate ah. to have him in my world um, we were very fortunate to sort of have, have his wisdom I think you know when people ask me what you're like I often say you're almost like the real estate version of Jim Rohn you're a wise energized focused individual that won't give you fluff that will only give you things that will work if you'll work them he'll give you the plan to work but you've got to work the plan and so ultimately you know your plan to me 22 years ago was five thank you notes a day you know don't leave home uh, without having at least five thank you notes in your pocket and don't don't go home till you've delivered them you might need to pack a toothbrush you told me <laughs> and uh, I remembered that discipline yeah. you know I did it sort of and, and and it was so simple you just said five a day 25 a week 100 a month that's 1200 in a year if you work every month of the year you've got to ask yourself the question would your business improve despite you and the answer is yes it would and so just simple things like that so yeah. and the thing that I love is that you know the discipline of changing your voicemail message every day, which you taught me to do 22 years ago. People crack up today when they hear that I do that still. And I just think, why would you not do that? It just makes total sense to do that. I think what Pete's saying is you're not looking at one big thing doing it you know, incredibly well. You're doing thousands of little things regularly over a long period of time to give you the results that you've got. And you know that takes discipline and discipline is the bridge. But it's interesting, you know, last year we spoke about high tech versus high touch. And a couple of, you know, these handwritten notes that you've, you've spoken about so often and still do, just incredible impact. I don't know, Rick, you, you've well and truly, you know, followed down this path and it's, it, it still, you know, warms the heart every time I, I receive one and, and others I know, you know, think very highly of it. But, you know, Bob, you spoke of the, the sellers from the, the outset of our, our chat today. You spoke about going to see them, you know, sitting down with them, eyeball to eyeball, belly to belly. Uh, these handwritten notes, these are the things, these little high-touch things, I think, are the most important ways to go forward. Bob, I love your your thoughts on this, this high-touch versus what everyone seems to be going now in terms of high-tech. Where do you see this balance? I, I think that uh, Peter and Rick, as I, you know, I think technology is here to stay. I think we can use it. And we can use technology to help us so tremendously for time management and resource management and our sphere of influence management. But at the end of the day, you're never going to see a computer sell a house. You're not going to see a computer present a counter proposal. You're not going to see a computer drive somebody around to establish rapport. You're not going to see a computer go knock on some doors. And so at the end of the day, there's a, you need a mix. You need a mix. And, and honestly, uh, I believe it needs to be more like a 60% high touch, 40% high tech. You know, spend, spend your time during the day, you know, talking to people, speaking with people, writing thank you notes to people, interacting with people. You know, get up early in the morning and use the computers to do this, do that. I mean, I'm not, I mean, granted, we use an iPhone. I use 9,000 minutes a month on my iPhone, 9,000. That works out to be about five and a half, 40 hour weeks, I think, just on my phone. 
So I, I use technology. I use my phone. But, but what am I doing with that phone? I'm speaking with you. I'm talking to you. I hear your voice. I hear your inflection. I hear your feelings. I hear the emotion. You're not going to get that on a computer. Mm. And you're not going to get that on an email or a text. And so do I think there's a, a good mixture of the two? Absolutely. I don't think it's 50-50. I think in this business, you know, it's maybe 60-40, 70-30 with, with the, the, the greater percentage going to high touch. Yeah. Some of you know I almost became a Catholic priest. <laughs> and I always tell people, you know, there's not a lot of difference between being a Catholic priest and being a realtor except for the money. <laughs> Why? Because they're in the people business. They're in the people business. Does that make sense? And what you and do, we are in the people business. And what you do, buddy, is that you use technology to free you up to do what you do best, which is to get face-to-face with people. So you use technology to maximize That's your correct. time. You know, you and I and everyone listening to this podcast – has 168 hours in the week. It's what you're doing with that time. I think the the great saying from Tony Robbins was, the beggar and the billionaire both have 86,400 seconds in the day. The beggar likes to waste a few of them. The billionaire doesn't waste one of them. So I think if there's anything I I know, having known you as a friend, having had you in my life as a mentor, having been the great example that you are across our industry – is that you are the first to stand up and say, everything I share with you is not going to take a lot of hard um, sort of technological advancements, but it is going to ask you for a bit of effort. And I think that's what what I love about you. So as we bring this to a close, uh, we've gone right across the circle with you in terms of uh, you know, your career, 44 years, you're 66 years of age, you've got more energy, I say, to people than most sort of millennials coming through. Um, you know, In terms of 2019, you've got some goals, there's no questions about that. In wrapping up, buddy, if there's one message you can leave us with um, in terms of making sure that 2019 is our best year yet, what would that be? God, I'll, I'll use the same quote that I used in the beginning. For things to change, you have to change. For things to change, you have to change. And we'll credit the late Jim Rohn with uh, giving us that great advice. How's that? Well, as an agent of change that you are, it's been our absolute thrill. What an honor. I hope our listeners have got the same value out of it that Pete and I have. Pete's journal's about three pages in. Mine's uh, about two in of just taking notes and you know the repetition of the uh, the skills that you've shared with us over the last 22 years or so have been just reconfirmed today. And to uh, all of our listeners, Bob, on behalf of agents across Australia and New Zealand, people that are not agents that are listening to this particular podcast who absolutely now have a an understanding about who Bob Wolf is, we know you as a great go-giver as opposed to a great go-getter. You deserve continued success, great health to you, our love to Miss Jenny, your beautiful wife, and to you and your team, May 2019 be another stellar year for you and an abundance of great health, wealth, and prosperity for you all. Hey, many, many thanks, guys, and Happy New Year, and God bless you all. See you, bye. What a way to start 2019, and I didn't want to break his stride. He was just on today and shared some incredible things, and uh, things I know that, you know, and we, we often say that coaching's about reminding, and there were some great reminders today. As I said before, about that, that, that high-touch stuff, I don't mm. think there's anyone that does the high-touch stuff better than Bob. No, I agree with that. And I think the other thing that I really got out of that is from the very first question we asked him, that next five, ten minutes, you could just play that at your sales meeting, you know, today. And that would be enough to get everybody's mindset right for the opportunities that are out there. You know, you talked about, um, you know, in your questions to him and, you know, the way I heard him answer, it was answered from someone who just is coming from absolute authenticity of knowing 
that this is not so much of a challenge if we're actually prepared to meet the challenge. And you know, when he's quoting Jim Rohn, it sings to my heart, obviously, you know, for things to change first, you must change. But if there's one thing I would have got in there if we had the time was that Jim Rohn used to talk about the fact that repetition is the mother of all skill. So his ability to repeat what he does he's not 33 things he's doing it's just three or four things he's doing on a daily basis but he just keeps repeating them pete and he doesn't he doesn't stop doing it when things go well uh you know when he's in a a different marketplace he's thinking you know i need to keep up these daily disciplines for when the market shifts again i'm going to be better placed than anybody else to make it happen and that's where i see the great opportunities for agents in 2019 absolutely and that's important to get momentum as well and that's why i asked him about you know when you don't feel like sort of doing it and again and I just feel like we, we quote Jim Rohn a fair bit, but there's so much to quote with Jim Rohn, um, isn't there? But, you know, and he said that some things just need to be done every day. Eating seven apples on a Saturday night isn't going to get the <laughs> yes, job done. So, <laughs> yeah. so um, we are hired, as he said, to interpret the market. So I think it's a great, great messages. And that's one great message to take away mm. as to what we need to do in terms of upskilling and, and, and gaining that extra knowledge that we're able to share and impart on the clients that we're in front of. And he followed up a consistent message from David Knox in uh, 2018, if you remember, Pete, where he said, you know, these articles are your friend. Get, get them together and show them to your clients before you even go through the process. Say, before I even share with you what I know about the market, what's your understanding of the market? And let's just review what the pundits are saying about the market. Let's see what the experts are saying about the market. So, you know, I think what I've learned from being around all these guys, whether it be Bob Wolf, David Knox, Jim Rohn, uh, Tony Robbins, as you and I have done together a fair whack it's uh you, you, they are giving you uh, a key word all the time and that word is discipline you know without discipline not a lot's going to get done and so if there's one thing i know about bob he is a discipline machine he's a freak at it so our final close is to thank the listeners and uh and once again a huge thank you to to bobby wolf what a guy and uh so generous with his time yeah and uh he's stepping into a, a challenging market as we are here and we look forward to I think we should be well and truly checking back in with him later on in 2019. He's very hard to pin down, mate. I've got to tell you, we, uh, he's very, very busy. And uh, for him to give us you know, that amount of time today just shows the kind of person that he is. He's just one voice of value we want to bring to you throughout 2019. If you like the material, if you like the people we're interviewing, if you are getting value from these sessions, please share them with your teams. I think that there would be enough content in this podcast alone to do your particular in-house training for the next month, I would have thought yeah if there's someone also in particular that you'd you'd want us to to chat to drop us a line and uh we want to make sure that we have the very best people sharing the very best wisdom inspiration uh, from all walks of life so rick until next week see you then thanks mate we trust you enjoyed listening to voices of value a shared conversation between rick rushton and peter kakos their views are not necessarily those of the wider world but they should be. If you're keen to enhance the quality of your life even further in the future, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or your preferred podcast source. Our website is voicesofvaluepodcast.com and we welcome both your feedback and ratings on the content we provide. Join the conversation again next week when Peter and Rick continue the search for truth, justice, and the value-added way. We'll be right back.